and welcome to our Morning Throners podcast. I'm Nelson. I'm Jeff. And I'm Kyle. And we're the fucking Morning Throners. Hey all, Editor Nelson here. I just want to let everyone know that Kyle has a weird mic issue in this episode. So you hear a buzzing sometimes when he's talking that sounds like this. Uh, I don't know. I try to edit it out as much as I could, uh, but sometimes when he was talking, there was no way for me to do it. So just want to let you know, So, because I thought it was a problem with my headphones when I was listening to the, uh, the recordings the first time, but it was something going on with his mic. So I've edited it out where I could, but just know that you'll hear that a few times. Thanks. Enjoy the episode. And welcome back to another episode of your favorite Song of Ice and Fire podcast. We're the Morning Throners. We got Danny on deck. Fuck the Blackwater. Let's get back to Essos, baby. Danny five. Crazy, man. She only had five chapters and Tyrion had like 17. That is true. That's, I, I mean, I think the balancing is part of why I don't care. I mean, we've talked about this. Yeah. I, why I don't care so much about her. Like, it's yeah. like she kind of just so pops back away. in. Like, oh, yeah, that's so right. Far yeah. But I mean, she's she's got a cool story. Yeah. I was drawing because it changes, right? Danny got 10 in the first book, I think, and five in the second book, like half as many. Well, this might not be the last one. Correct. Five so far. I'm not allowed to look ahead anymore. We're coming towards the end. I know. I don't I don't look ahead either, Kyle, if that makes you feel better. It does. Uh, a little bit longer page-wise chapter than, I mean, the Blackwater ones, I feel like were like seven, eight-pager quick ones, like bouncing around. It also helped there's stuff happening the whole time. Yeah. This chapter, Kyle, how do you feel about it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about it. Part of it was, was just the time since the last one. I remember the Warlock stuff and all that, mm-hmm. and like I got it, but like there's a bunch of names getting thrown out there that I was like, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be remembering this person. This is a new name. Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff. It was good. I mean, it was kind of weird how it ended, obviously. Yeah. Like, Meeting two new cats. Yeah, that were like immediately on her side and they were just happened to be there when somebody tried to kill her. Like, I mean, it was kind of weird. I, I feel similar to you that this, uh, I think it, let me just do the math real quick. It's I guess it was only 13, maybe 13 and a half pages, 14. Could have been like six or seven pages. It felt long. Like, the first half of it is just explaining how after the warlock, Karth doesn't like her anymore. And it's like, okay, like get it, get the fuck on with it. Like it took so long to get, I mean, the point was across. There's a little bit more than that. Not, not really. But some of it was like, of course they don't like her. Like they talk about the magic stuff that's been going on in the area. Yeah, like that, there, there's a little bit more than, than just like, you but that took out. a paragraph. Like it ends up going into like the details of what ship she was on and who said no to her and why they said no. Like, I felt like it was written that way because we didn't. We only got five Danny chapters, so let's make these chapters a little bit longer of a story. Where there's there's like parts of it where it's all fat and no meat on the bone. It felt long, is what I would say. That's just my feeling. I took notes on it. I took notes on it like a month ago, so it's been a while since I actually read it. I listened to it on Audible today. I I didn't have I didn't have that problem, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it goes by quicker when it's, when you're listening or something. I don't know. But yeah, we start off with her. She's still in Karth. She is eating a nasty breakfast of cold shrimp and persimmon soup, which just sounds absolutely like a fear factor, like a fear factor. Dish. <laughs> cold like, shrimp's you, good. Cold shrimp soup. I, I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't, I've never I don't had like shrimp at all, but like, I guess you're right. People dude, eat cold shrimp's good. People like persimmon's just like a, a fruit. I didn't even pay attention to that line. And you're right. That is kind of gross, but you're, I don't like shrimp either. People so. eat shrimp salad and, and. I do not like shrimp. Because they're fucking bugs, man. They got too many legs. They got that poop line. Like, get that out of here. 
You, you clean that out. You rip out the legs some and you dip it do. in some cocktail sauce. You should, if you don't clean the shrimp, you're full. But cocktail sauce is basically just ketchup, right? It's with a little bit of like horseradish and some other shit in there. Yeah. So if you have good. to dip it in that for it to be good, it's not. That means it's not good. But you don't need to dip it in that. I don't need to dip I'm it in ca- that. I'm gonna catch heat probably, but all seafood is just eh. Well, you're, like you're crazy. Except for crab legs, pretty much. You guys are crazy. It's all, I mean, crabs and lobsters and shrimp are all Scallops bottom feeders. Are good. They're trash eaters, That's man. okay. They taste good. Pigs are good. They're trash eaters, but... If I'm being honest, I think it's the texture of most seafood that just gets me. Just like... Scallops, salmon, uh, crab. Just like snot. Some of that's snotty. And yeah. Just fish in general. Fish is good. Lobster is just rubber. Get the fuck out of here with lobster. I don't. I don't really care for lobster. That's probably I the one that like, live by the ocean for a little while. And then people <laughs> love lobster tail. I don't love. I don't like. I'd rather have a crab than lobster. That's for sure. Yeah, well, I think that's the worst part, like right? Crab more than lobster too. I was gonna say that's probably the worst part. Is that like that is like the survival food is fish because it's like way easier to get than than catching a deer or something yeah. like like. But I, I don't like it. Yeah, so when I start my survival YouTube channel, that's when I'm going to acquire a taste for fish, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, so we, Danny is eating her breakfast, and she's getting dressed to go to the docks. Her handmaid lays out some fancy shit. She wants to wear her Darth Rocky shit because... She's over it, right? Like, yeah. this town is, is done with me. I'm done with this town. Like, I'm going to be me. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other, and kind of what to you had mentioned earlier, Kyle, like the people who that run into her at the end, they like... They show up just the perfect time. And she, I think they mentioned like later that like part of the reason is because she's dressed like a savage. They're like, is this the lady we're here for? That's why they didn't just come up okay. and be like, hey, we're here to serve you. But they were like, wait, let's just follow and like watch. Again, it's kind of weird and we'll get to it. But like she, I think she mentions later, later at one point, like it's because of the way I was dressed had to something to do with probably why they were skeptical. Like I don't like I didn't look royal or something. I may regret saying this in like four chapters, but another piece of fat that's going into Jeff's that this dude with the brass man following him around for like 10 minutes, like yeah. get out of here. That conversation was crazy. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> like get out of here, dude. Like he might 30 be to like line. basically free. Like, come on, get the fuck yeah. out of here. <laughs> I didn't care for that guy at all. So another cool thing about her getting dre- getting ready is they braid her hair Dothraki style, and mm. like want, they want to give her a bell, and she's like, "I didn't do anything." And they're like, "Yeah, you did. You fucked up. You killed the warlocks. You you beat the warlocks, the mag magi. Magi. You're on the frag list. You're on the frag count." And she's like, Drogon's on the frag count, not me. Well, <laughs> she didn't say it out loud, but is. she needs to like start taking credit for these, right? She's the mother of dragons. Like, they're hers. She wants to be right? a badass. Yeah. They should be extensions of her, essentially. You got to hype yourself up in some some spots. I mean, this is her handmaids, but yeah, to everyone like outside, she's got to be like, yeah, I did Well, she's going to be using these things to kill people for a while if they get big, right? Like, she needs to not be like, well, they're they're king now. They killed everybody. Well, it's a good, it's a way to, to not to uh, deny. Separate yeah, yourself you know, from I it. Didn't burn all Plausible deniability. It was Drogon. <laughs> I, didn't tell him, I didn't tell him to do it. It wasn't me. It was Drogon. <laughs> yeah. So she starts walking down or riding down and they're. It's kind of funny how Karth is set up. I don't know if it was mentioned like this before. Like they're obviously in like the lavish parts of it, and then as they walk down, they get it gets more normal and normal, right? And and poorer and poorer. And the Karth, the greatest city that ever lived. I don't know if it's given off the uh, kind of feeling that there's any bad parts to it or or poor parts. And here they are, and they don't care for Danny at all. Yeah, I think that's definitely something we're supposed to get, right? Like everything up we've heard up to this point is like, this is perfect. They're like, this is just the most perfect city ever. Boobies out. 
houses are white. There's nothing bad, but that's just like that's just been what they've shown. That's what they're showing Danny, right? They want her to think this. They want they're they're all just trying to play their games with her. Yeah, they only showed her the good side of town. Yeah, yeah, because they're just trying to play games with her. Yeah, they want something. So she leaves Ricaro to guard the dragons, and she takes Jogo and Aga with her um, to the waterfront along with Jora. Front, back, and side. Yeah, so we kind of like where we ended off the last chapter was with, with Kyle was like, what's Danny doing next? Because that the her going into the House of the Undying, she's thinking like, this is my last option. This is the only thing, like my only chance left. So we're like, hey, Kyle, what's Danny going to do next? And it's kind of what she's saying here. It's like, I have nothing to do next. I've been running my entire life. And the it's reason I'm going to docks right now is just because I have to run again. Exactly. Um, and she kind of... She gets into her conversation with Zaro. He tries to marry her again. She tries to get chips out of him. He wants mm-hmm. a dragon. She's like, no fucking way. He said, well, what about more ships? And she said, well, there's only three dragons. I want a third of the boats in the world. Yeah, yeah which is, a, I think is a fair trade, right? I thought that point was great by her. And yeah. the fact that Zaro's like, no, it doesn't make, like, okay, just because you don't own a third of the ships, like, she's got a good point. Like, It makes more sense than 10 ships or whatever he was offering her, That's right? not how value works, though. Like, it, it's I can not, have but- one of like you know mm. a super nice car it is it's still not worth uh, i guess or th- you know one of three it's not worth a third of the rest of the cars right uh it, that brand it well, is it depends on how you v- divvy it up like if i say all the cars in the world yes you could take a third you could take like the third worst and be like yeah you get those ones but i think like the assumption equals you, you average them out I don't think that's the way to think about it, but I think to Zaro's point of supply and demand is you need this ship. She, yeah, he doesn't really, he doesn't really need the dragon. Like I'm sure he'd want the dragon and it would help him do more stuff, but he seems to be doing pretty good. Like, I don't need your dragon. I just want your dragon to make me more yeah. powerful. You need this ship or you might die walking across the red waste. So your de- your demand is a lot higher for the ship than my demand is for your dragon. I just want it. Yeah. To that point, if Danny was going to go down that route, she should auction, right? Because like it's got to be worth more than ten ships. If you got people auctioning for a dragon, she's going to walk away with a ton of ships. Just think about what they were talking about for the egg, like what an egg could get her. Yeah. Exactly. So, but I was thinking before that when she's talking about Zaro, she's thinking that Zaro was saying like Pyat Pri is gathering all the surviving warlocks to do some bad shit. Anybody left. Yeah. And there's some weird shit going on. And Danny, yeah, Danny's like, you told me the warlocks don't have any powers. Basically. He's like, that's how it was, but I'm not so sure anymore. And he Something goes to this like, list of like weird ass shit. Yeah, I have the list here. I can read it if you want. Yeah, go ahead. Glass candles are burning in Urathon Nightwalker. Yeah. In the house of Urathon Nightwalker. Yeah. Whatever the fuck that Ghost means. Ghost grass is growing. Phantom tortoises are delivering messages to houses with no windows. On Warlock's way. On Warlock's way. Warlock's way. And rats are chewing off their own tails. Yep. Question. Yes. Is this where the turtles come from in Elden? Oh, you didn't play Elden Ring enough. I was. Th- I did. Just I, another I game he never beat. Just I another thought, game. I was wondering when I read this, reread this chapter. I was wondering. I was like, Phantom turtles is such a weird thing to be to like show up in. Elden Ring and in this thing, I was like, somebody that's played Bloodborne and all the other ones before George needs to let us know if there were ghost yeah, turtles in them. Yeah, because I never played anything except for any of those games except for Dark Elden Souls, Ring. any of them. Yeah. The next one is the wife of Mathos Malwarren, who once mocked a warlock's drab, uh, has gone mad and wears no clothes. So like this guy's it was wife like drab garb or something. Like it was, she made fun of his clothes and now she can't wear clothes. Yeah. 
Now she won't wear any clothes. This guy, we actually have heard of before. I think he is one of the people that Danny bribed. He was on the Pureborn. She bribes him and then he just like says no anyway. <laughs> anyway. So like she pays him money to like be like, yes, we'll help you. And then he just says no when she comes to help anyway. This Mathos dude? Yeah. Okay. Well, then she goes into this blind Sebastian dude. So I didn't know if that's. Yeah. What's that? What's that? He's one? the eater of eyes and he can see again. <laughs> At least it's rumored he can see again. Yeah. yeah. So weird shit's going on. That's when they talk about the marriage again. She basically was like, fuck off. And then he gets super mean to her. Yep. He's just like, well, and we saw that then. dude climb the ladder before. So, I mean, we knew we knew stuff was amping up. I guess weird shit was happening. I love that when Quaith says something about glass candles then too. She's like, this guy couldn't even light a glass candle. And now he's climbing the fiery ladder. Here she says the glass candles are burning in the house of Earth on Nightwalker. So, again, we don't know what that means, but... She basically saying this guy couldn't do that before, and I was doing this. Like, glass candle is a light bulb. I don't know, but like, it's a lot of it's a lot of lines. Of, it's like pointing to the same. I take this as like com- kind of the same dragon thing, like where like dragons are. Oh yeah, for sure. Some of the stuff come back, but it's like, is it that though? Because why is this now? Dragons have been back the entire time. Danny's been in Karth. Why is like? I mean, they're getting bigger and stronger, right? Like, I would feel like that power would slowly come back. It's not like a light switch on and off, right? It's got to build some momentum. Yeah. So now things are... Okay. They're getting bigger. Dragons are growing. The power is growing. That makes sense. Yeah. People, speaking of dragons and them growing, uh, people are now viewing them a little bit differently after they burned... Yes. Drogon burned the warlocks out of the fucking House of the Undying. Uh, They remember that they're pretty dangerous. They can they can kill us. I don't know. We're kind of jumping around a little bit here. I don't know exactly where we're at, but there's a there's a part where she's saying like I don't know exactly where to go either, right? So she has a yeah. few suggestions. Jorah no, says, "I mean, it's next. We're, we're uh, before you get there. It just kind of talks about the dangerousness of now how the people of Karth and the higher ups of Karth. So the Tormaline Brotherhood, the Spicers, the Brotherhood wants to expel her. The Spicers want to kill her, and Zaro for now at least." Kept the 13 to like not turn their back on her yet, but yeah. I'm sure soon they're going to be like, fuck her too. Yeah. Another just really small thing when she, when they're talking about the number of ships, Zaro says like, oh, my group has a thousand. And she's like, oh, what about the other two groups? And he's like, oh, they're insignificant. And then one of the other two groups has more than him. They had a huge <laughs> yeah. number. It, I, it didn't make sense at all. It went from like, <laughs> oh, I guess I could give you like a hundred. You're like, oh, well they have like 30,000. It said, I was like, what the fuck? I don't think so. I think I'll try he, and find what it what the number was. I think she says like it how was many unreal. does the thirteen have? And he says a thousand. And she's like, What about the Spicers and the Tormline Brotherhood? And he's like, Oh, it's insignificant. And she's like, Well, tell me anyway. And he's like, Ah, one of them is eight hundred and the other one's like twelve hundred. And I'm like, Well, one of them is like it averages to the same as yours. All right, I have it right here. He owns eighty three, okay? And your colleagues in the thirteen. Among us all, perhaps a thousand. Mm-hmm. And the Spicers and the Tormline Brotherhood. Uh, they're trifling fleets. Twelve or thirteen hundred for the Spicers, no more than eight hundred for the Brotherhood. That's a lot of fucking ships. That's what I'm saying. He says trifling. When well, he said perhaps a thousand, which makes it sound like it's probably like seven fifty, and he's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, upgrading like well, uh, give yeah. or take. He's like, oh, they're trifling. They're trifling fleets. They're nothing. Maybe like this much more than I have. <laughs> yeah. They to Nelson's point, they were talking about which she doesn't know where to actually go. And Jorah's like, let's go further east. And then she could just tell that her Dothraki people were stuck uh, being indoors and they just want to get out and, and ride and take over. <laughs> so they probably want to go back to the, the grass sea. They're going to love a boat. And she, yeah, they don't want to get on a boat. That's for sure. She wants to go back to that like 
that like burned up city of bones that they were in, like where they found like the the peach tree, right? Yeah. She wants to just go back there and chill there till the dragons are bigger. They're like, we had like fruit, like they found like dates and stuff, right? There was like a well. They're like, let's just go back and chill that unoccupied city. That's kind of what Danny wants to do, but she knows it's like the worst of the plans. So did she like, say that? Did I miss yeah, it? Yeah, she did say that. She calls it Vase Toloro. I don't know if we've ever. And, and she just yeah. says, Silver gra- Dragons grow, grew great and strong, but her heart's full of doubts and she knows it's wrong. So uh, then I think they really start talking about. The like the currency, the the rate for trading a ship to a, a dragon. We kind of hit on that. Yeah. Um. We get the numbers of what they actually have. Uh. He basically, she basically says, "Fuck off." Yep. Basically says, "Fuck off." And then it's just one third of the ships thing. Like, like, like yeah. we, we we're about about to it. They say, yep, yep. "How many are there in the entire world?" After like the, how many do you have? This is like what Jeff was saying earlier. The entire world. She's like, "Okay, well, that's a third. A third of them. Then you can get a dragon." And like we we mentioned, we went through that earlier. He says, "Fuck off." But yeah. Now now we're here. Pa. I mean, th- these, this is a dramatic city. These guys cry at everything, right? Like, if you're not weeping, you're not. He really was like, crying here. He cries in a second. <laughs> exactly. I don't even know why he cries. She wants nothing to do with him. It's fake crying, probably. He starts crying and tells her that he warned her not to go into the house of the undying. He says she is as mad as Mathos Melwarren's wife after coming out, who's the woman who won't wear any clothes. And he laughed at the notion. Yep. And then that was the last time Danny saw him. Mm-hmm. Ever since she was just getting messages like "You're gone, get out, give me, <laughs> give me my shit back." back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what a bitch. That's kind of pretty petty. Yeah. yeah. So hey, now she she's... didn't even do that from the the people that turned her down. You know, she wasn't yeah, like, "Give me exactly. my money back." She, like, like we said, the Mathos. She gave this guy a bribe, and he was just like, "Ah, sorry, just kidding. I took your money." She didn't demand that back. She she actually said like, "I should demand that back to Jorah." I think, but she I don't think she actually did. So then she gets into talking to Jorah. Well, it's not Jorah yet, but. She does talk to Jorah about what she saw in the yep. in the warlock uh, house there. Yeah, at first she's just thinking about it. She thinks the th- about the three treasons: once for blood, once for gold, and once for love. And if they already happened, she thinks Miri, who murdered Caldrogo and their unborn son, was blood. Must have been the one for blood. Okay. Which I guess makes sense. Could Priot Pri be for gold? And she, yeah, she wonders if Priot Priot and Zaro are two and three. But she's like, probably Seems not. too easy. But Pyatt yeah. didn't want gold, and Zoro never actually loved her. He wanted a dragon, exactly. We've we kind of already heard that Zoro, that we we never got confirmation. We heard like Zoro has like a lot of like very handsome like naked boys in in the, in his house a lot. So like kind of suspicions of his sexuality. So he, which is even more like he doesn't love me. He's in it for mm-hmm. the dragon. So then she does start talking to Jorah about the three headed dragon. I think it's their. The most that they talk about. Yeah, well, she's thinking about all the three. Because they called her child of three, mm-hmm. uh, daughter of death, slayer of lights, bride of fire. So many threes, three fires, three mounts, three treasons. And then mm-hmm. she says, the dragon has three heads. And asks Jorah if he knows what that means. He's like, duh, everyone knows what that means. Yeah, you're <laughs> fucking your sigil. It's fuck on your idiot. chest. <laughs> Look down one time. <laughs> well, she doesn't have that, yeah. But she needs to get some of that. That's probably what he's thinking. He's like, we need to get yeah. you an actual shirt one time. <laughs> Uh, but so we get a little bit of a history lesson, Kyle. I don't know if we've gotten this before. She says three head. Uh, there's no such thing as an actual three headed dragon, and then we learn why their sigil is a three headed dragon, right? Like Davos's sigil is a ship with an onion because he sailed a ship with onions in it one time. So we find out why the Targaryen sigil is a three headed dragon. I mean, it's the, the Aegon and his sisters, right? 
Mm-hmm. Aegon the Conqueror and his sisters. Egg is not Aegon. There's a lot of Aegons through the history. Okay, well that's that's kind of why I don't like this part because I like was so fucking confused immediately. This is one. Yeah, this is Aegon the Conqueror. This is Big Dog. Yeah. Okay. Took over Westeros. The one that all the other Aegons are named after. <laughs> What's what number is Egg? It's like the phrase, I guess is what you're saying, but Egg's actually five. Which you're right, it's super confusing when there are five yeah. egg ones. <laughs> like I said, it's like the phrase. So it's like seventeen walters, forty three walters, however many it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, I thought you, when you were saying phrase, I thought you meant like P H A R how you spell phrase? You know what I mean? That word? Oh, okay, like yeah. Like a turn of phrase. S E S E Yeah. Not phrase house. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. I have a quote here, but it might be from the last chapter, the actual vision. I don't know if she thinks it in this book. In this uh in this part. Which vision? There was a couple. The one she's talking about with the three-headed dragon. Will you make a song for him? The woman asked. So, yeah. She, she talks about seeing her, her brother Rhaegar. His is a song of ice and fire. My brother said, I'm certain it was my brother. Not Viserys. Rhaegar. He had a harp with silver strings. And Jorah's like, oh, I did see that harp before. And then she continues on. She said, there was a woman in a bed with babe at her breast. My brother said the babe was the prince that was promised and told her to name him Aegon. And then Jor confirmed Prince Aegon was Rhaegar's heir by Elia of Dorne. But if yep. he was the, this prince that was promised, <laughs> the promise was broken along with his skull when the Lannisters dashed his head against the wall. Yeah, exactly. How did she not know that already? Well, she says, I remember. Okay. They murdered uh, Rhaegar's daughter as well, the little princess Rhaenys. She was named like Aegon's sister. There was no Visenya, but he said the dragon has three heads. What is the song of ice and fire? And Jorah goes, it's it's no song I've ever heard. Yeah. So she just like, fuck, I went to this place to try and figure out what to do, and now I have more questions than ever. Yeah. Kyle, thoughts on this? Yeah, like I, I mean, I don't know how to piece a lot of this together because I definitely don't know her whole lineage. Maybe I could go look at the uh, the tree a little bit better and and figure out some of where this might have happened in the past. Or, well, I think I think what's happening in this part, right, is it's taking some history that we've heard of throughout the other chapters of the past two books, right. Rhaegar's wife and son got killed and Rhaegar's son's yep. head got smashed yep. against the wall. And now it's tying that into the vision that Danny had in the last chapter, which I think even you at that point were like, this probably makes sense if it's Rhaegar. If it's not, because she, I think at the time she's like, oh, this isn't Viserys. Like, I think even you said it's Rhaegar. So now it's kind of being like, okay, it's Rhaegar. And now the kid he was holding is Aegon, who's the kid whose <laughs> head got smashed against the wall. But in the vision, they're talking about like, oh, this kid's going to be a prophecy three heads of the dragon. I mean, it kind of matches her own, right? Like she had this kid that was supposed to be the, the one that mounts the world and prophesized. Yeah. Super kid. And then the, the kid ended up dead pretty early. Exactly. So I think that's just like a general theme is like people are trying to follow prophecy and just like the thing that George does is the, what people do for the prophecy they know about is more important than the prophecy. Right. <laughs> if that makes any okay. sense. Uh, Nelson went into a dissertation about prophecies of George, probably in the spoiler section, but yeah, there's like, he, he likes to play with like when people learn about prophecies, the impact that has is way more important than like the actual prophecy. And like the prophecy might happen a thousand years later or something like that, but it's fucking up this person's life because they think it impacts them. Type of thing. Well, that's the problem with prophecies, right? Exactly. Or the other problem is like, they're so vague that you can always well, that's what I was gonna say. You can apply them to anything and you can never be sure when they're complete. Yeah, exactly. So she gets down to the waterfront now. Waterfront's pretty dope. 
Big market, lot going on. Pretty grand, Dios. Kyle, read that quote. Carthage was one of the world's greatest ports. Carthage was one of the world's greatest ports. It's great sheltered harbor, a riot of color and clangor and strange smells. Wine sinks, warehouses, and gaming dens line the streets, cheek by jowl with cheap brothels and the temples of peculiar gods. Cut purses, cutthroats, spell sellers, and money changers mingled with every crowd. The waterfront was one great marketplace where the buying and selling went on all day and all night, and goods might be had for a fraction of what they cost at the bazaar if a man did not ask where they came from. Wizened old women bent like hunchbacks sold flavored waters and goat's milk from glazed ceramic jugs strapped to their shoulders. Seamen from half a hundred nations wandered amongst the stalls, drinking spice liquors and trading jokes in queer-sounding tongues. The air smelled of salt and frying fish, of hot tar and honey, of incense and oil and sperm. Yep. Awesome place. A lot going on. People stop at Agog, stopping and getting a little honey rat on the, on his way through. <laughs> Can't pass up the honey rat. Jogo got some cherries. <laughs> All kinds of stuff some for sale. Shit. Some Dagger virgin squid. milk. Onyx, a magical elixir made of virgin's milk and shade of the evening, which is the stuff that <laughs> the warlocks drink. That's a drinking. fucking drink and a half right there. Uh, dragon's eggs, which Danny thought looked strangely like painted rocks. Saffron, frankincense, pepper, wine, sour leaf, striped hides, and slaves. All right. So th- the next part, uh, she's about to be like, all right, like right, I'm going to go talk to a captain and try and get us passage out of here for all hundred of us and all of our horses and, and let's go somewhere. And she leaves Ago and Jago and her and Jorah take off and basically get turned down by a bunch of different names of ships and people. Some people are nice to her. Some people laugh at her. Right before they do that, they see a basilisk tearing apart a big red dog. Yeah, which is a snake, right? Is it like Harry Potter? <laughs> a bat. I, lo- I looked it up. In European legend, a basilisk is a legendary reptile reputed to be a... S- Serpent King who can cause death with a single glance. So that's right out of Harry Potter. Well, that's Harry Potter. (laughs) Well, Harry Potter is a British author. Yeah. Yeah. True. It's a snake. I I don't know if this basilisk had legs, but just it was weird because it's tearing. It just sounded weird the way it was tearing a dog, ripping a dog in front of everybody. How I would think that you would describe a snake attacking a dog, but I mean, I guess nobody really wanted to fuck around with it. If you look it in the eye, you're dead. I run through these ships. I know we don't. I know Jeff doesn't want to linger. The captain of the ardent friend laughed when he heard she wanted passage. The Lysani captain of the trumpeter. Trumpeteer. Trumpeteer. Uh, when she said who she was, he's like, he didn't buy it. And he's like, sure, I'm Tywin Lannister and I should pull it every night. Hey, call back to that one, right? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's just like even people in Karth know that Tywin Lannister shit's cold. Uh, the cargo master of the Mirish Galley, Silken Spirit, told her that dragons are too dangerous at sea. Lord Fargo's belly would risk dragons, but not the Dothraki. <laughs> Two brother captains of sister ships, Quicksilver and Greyhound, were sympathetic, but their price was too high. Pinchbottom Pedo and the Slow-Eyed Maid were too small. Bravo was bound for the Jade Sea, and Magister Monolo didn't even look seaworthy. I think that's all of them. Yep. This is when Jorah alerts her. He's like, don't fucking look, but there's people following us. Uh Uh-oh. Let's get into this brass. He's like, grabs her and he's like, don't look. (laughs) Yeah, brass seller. Let's go look at this mirror for half an hour. (laughs) Because Jorah is trying to get their little reflection play going on. Uh, But they ended up getting into a conversation they (laughs) they didn't bargain for. Oh, none of us bargained for. We were not. We we didn't deserve this. What did we do? Oh, what a great, what a great brass mirror! Only you can have it, Cleesey. <laughs> I'll give it to you for thirty honors. What's an honor worth? 
It's not two cars. So we don't know the conversion for that. Okay. I only got the, the Westerosi conversions over here. 30, 30 honors. Oh, wait. 25. Okay. 20 for you. <laughs> oh, wait. I, I'm I'm barely – I need one. Just give me one honor. Like, shut the fuck up, guy. The whole time the, the whole begging is going on. They're holding up this platter and like Danny's insulting it and George like tilting it so they can see stuff. She sees a fat brown man and an older man with a staff. George is suspicious, right? He, he's super yeah. suspicious right away. Well, he's like, they've been following us since we talked to the twins, right? The brothers? Yep. Yeah. One's got a sword. One's old and looks like he might be from Westeros. And one must be 20 stones. That's, that's 280 pounds. My a boy. Big, a and big that's guy. a short one. That's a short one. It's two, 280. Yeah. Short <laughs> My and fat. <laughs> yeah. And he's only got an iron shirt on, right? He's got a weird shirt. <laughs> I think he's here a tiny little vest, yeah. She thinks to herself at some point, I think it's around this in this mess, that why would these people have traveled so far and they're following me? type of deal she remembers uh the usurper the price on her head putting the price on her head so it's been tried already it's been been done not a bad place to go and then something happens they turn around and she finally gets a an actual like look at him the brown man was near as wide as he'd looked in the platter with a gleaming bald head and the smooth cheeks of a eunuch a long curving rack was thrust through the sweat-stained yellow silk of his belly band above the silk he was naked but for an absurdly tiny iron-studded vest Old scars crisscrossed his tree trunk, arms, huge chest, and massive belly, pale against his nut-brown skin. The other man wore a traveler's cloak of undyed wool, the hood thrown back. Long white hair fell to his shoulders, and a silky white beard covered the lower half of his face. He leaned his weight on a hard wood staff as tall as he was. Only fools would stare so openly if they meant me harm. Yeah, they're not really hiding, Jorah. is pretty much what she's thinking here. Yeah. So we finally meet Belwas. My boy. Who I had heard about from Nelson a long time ago, and I was not expecting this dude. And <laughs> You heard about him because Nelson is on original? I guess we can kind of fill in some of that backstory. It's too long and not important for this. But, but like, so I know Nelson has an obsession with dwarves, and he made a dwarf character for a D&D campaign. Yep. And he named it fucking Gimlidge Belwas. Yes. Which... Still is is not a name that I would pick. Gimli, but, because Gimli and Peter Dinklage, I combined Gim and Dinklage for Gimli. So he took a, a dwarf race name and a, a little person's name. Yep. And, and combined them And then I... Because Gimlion, like, if you combine Gimli and Tyrion, that's just even worse. So I just did Gimlidge and then Belwas just goes, come on. Tyrion. Belwas is the best. For like the Gimli name. and Tyrion. Tyrion? Tyrion. You can do that. Tyrion. That's a, that's yeah, a just dwarf. That's a, yeah, that's definitely like a dwarf name from Lord of the Rings. Just unoriginal. Basically, Nelson stole every piece Combining of his name. Combining things is original. No, it's not. But then we meet Belwas here, who is like this massive dude, right? Like, he's not. Big guy. I guess he's shortish. He's but, not tall, but I'm. Um, what does Danny say? Let's say it in a different uh, met in a different system, so no one knows actually how fat I am. Even stone. though he said the conversion. Yeah, eight stone. You're you're like uh, I'm right up there with Belwas. I'm, I'm pushing. You think the Irish listeners not going to know what a stone is? That's probably true. What what is one stone? Do they still use that? I feel like they say well, that. If I can find where the conversion, where I had the conversion. I mean, you just said it was two eighty, right? Twenty stone is two eighty. So 14. That's right. 14. 14 pounds. And you're like 250. I'm like 270. 
265, 270. I was going to say, why don't you just say 20 stone? So you're basically strong bell loss. What do you mean? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah, I'm right there, my boy. At least you're not 5'6". I got some scars. Not as many scars as bell loss, but I got some scars. You got some I've been shit through scars. The Probably not nothing. from his cool stuff. Yeah, sure. But. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy is just hounding her to buy this fucking thing. She's like, all right, fuck it. Like, give him, give him two honors and take that thing with us. Go and, away. <laughs> Another man uh, comes up. I think she calls him a jeweler. A Carthine steps into her path. Mother of dragons for you. And it's this yeah. jewel box that he puts into her face. And she's like, oh, my God, this is great. I'm going to sell this and that'll make me some money. And, and this is cool. Like, think about if somebody came up and did this to Tyrion, right? Would he just take this box? I was going to say it was pretty dumb, especially after she's literally worried these two dudes like, are out here trying to kill her. And yeah. now here's somebody else that just comes out of nowhere and hands her something. And she's like, oh, but I think it shows like in Karth, that's what she's been doing is just getting yeah, gifts true. since she got here. So she's yeah. like, she's just in this like, oh, yeah, like kind of like saying, oh, piece of candy. Oh, piece of candy. Like that, that's this guy. Like, hey, oh, here's I'll box. jump in she's this like, way. Oh, I'll, I'll open this thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, Tyrion would be like, all right, Pod, like, throw it in the back or He'd something. He'd be like, Braun, open that shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, Pod, check that out. Yeah. Like, the Shagger. Yeah, and some fucking scorpion thing pops out of it and dripping venom with a weird face. Scarab. Yeah. And could have killed her. Well, it's a, it's a manicure. Oh, is that what it is? Kyle, I knew, I was hoping you were going to know what this was from D&D because I have, like, looked this up and, like, it's, like, a weird thing that I can't Isn't it like a lion scorpion? It's like, yeah, it's like a scorpion with, with like a person's face and it's like one of those types of animals, but it's like a size of a scorpion. black face, almost human and an arched tail dripping venom. Yeah. It's like a scorpion's body and tail, but a human face, I think with, I think the cow's right. There's other animal pieces in it too, but it's like, when I think of that, yeah, I think of like a It's the head of a man, body of a lion, tail of a dragon or scorpion. But it's tight. This thing's tiny. I mean, everything's to scale. What are you talking about? I, I don't know what to tell you, man. That's what it is in history. So I don't. I can't say that it is exactly the same in this. But whatever it is, it's scary. When it looked fake at first, right? It just looked like a jewel. Uh, I thought it was in the box. She reached inside the box. She said within was a glittering green scarab carved from onyx and emerald. Oh, you're bad. That's right. The scarab unfolded with a hiss. Oh, so she thought it was like a little like gotcha, like jewel bug, and then it turned yeah. out to be a real bug. It's pretty badass. Thing looks weird in the show, but it looks more like just a scorpion. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's probably like kind of the it's got like a weird idea. like pattern on like the tail that makes it kind of look like eyes, but it's not like a weird. Mythical, it's like, a, it's, a scorpion. it's a scorpion. <laughs> but what's his name comes up, hits it with his staff, which. Well, no, it starts fucking her up. Like, I don't know if we got into that. Like, she's like seeing blinding pain, right? Uh, no, he hits he hits it with a staff. Well, that's the, that's the staff. Yeah, he hits her hand. He hits he kills the thing and hits her hand. Yeah, Danny caught a glimpse of a malign black face, almost human, and an arch tail dripping venom. And then the box flew from her hand in pieces, turning end over end. Yeah, and that's when the sudden pain twisted her fingers. You're right. I, I didn't put that together in my read. Yeah. Sorry. So the guy hits her hand, and then. Her her Jorah blood riders Ryan. come. Jorahs. They're all they're on these guys. Yeah, they're like fighting now. Like he hits Belwas over the head with the bronze platter. Did we say that? Bef- what this guy says to her when he gives her this box? I'm so sorry. Yeah. So he's what we've heard about these people. These like assassins in Karth, right? Who always say like too nice. Called the sorrowful yeah. men. They're called the sorrowful yeah. men. They always whisper, "I'm so sorry," before they kill somebody. Uh, Danny brings that up here. She I, when the when when everything kind of gets like. Calm down a little bit, Jorah. Who grabs who? Somebody, somebody's got each of them, right? 
Jorah's got Belwas. Jorah hit Belwas over the head with the platter. (laughs) Jogo seized his round shoulders. Ago kicked his staff away. Gets a dagger to his neck. Yeah. Whip cracks over their head. Yeah. And Danny's like, they were defending me. The Carthine guy, he was one of the sorrowful men. Like, I think she, she tells him that. Yep. The brass guy's freaking out because, and they're like, did you get stung? And he's like, no, but it touched me. And he's like, <laughs> piss myself. <laughs> they give him some money and he fi- he's finally gone. Yeah. So then we get the introductions. Uh, old guy introduced himself as Artson, but the fat guy has been calling him Belwas. No, no. Whitebe- Belwas has been calling him Whitebeard. Oh, sorry. And Belwas is a guy from the Marine fighting pits who. He's a gladiator. He's a gladiator, he gets, and he lets the person cut him once before he kills him. And he's like, ah, <laughs> I killed many of you horse boys. <laughs> he's talking shit funny. to Aggo and Joker. He's pretty funny. <laughs> I feel like he's kind of like a comedic relief type, uh, kind of like Dolores Ed is with John. Yeah. He's kind of like that with Danny. Yeah. <laughs> well, then Aggo's like, well, I've never killed somebody as fat as you, but I'm about to. <laughs> yeah, right? they talk shit to each other. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, you know, we get into why they're here. Right, and the fat yeah. there's a fat man from Pentos. Fat man that smelled good sent him here because <laughs> yeah. they need her and her dragons. And she's like, "Wait, yeah. what? From Pentos, Illyrio?" Uh, yeah. And Whitebeard, Whitebeard confirms. So this guy was speaking Valyrian, and now he's speaking common tongue, which is like Westerosi. Right. Yep. And she's like, "All right, like, where the fuck are you from? Are you from Westeros? Like, what's going on?" And he's like, "I am. Was born on Dornish Marches. Uh, was once a squire for Lord Swan, and now I'm a squire for Belwas." And she's like, well, "Aren't you a little fucking old to be a squire?" <laughs> yeah, Jorah. Jorah asked that. Yeah. Uh, and then he calls Jorah by name. He's like, "No, sorry, my liege lord, Lord Mormont." He's like, "What the fuck? Like, how do you know who? I, how do you know who I am?" But I'm not Lord Mormont. I'm a traitor. Yeah. Which I mean. Some of this could have came from Illyria, right? Like, I don't know why he's so confused that they would know who he is as well. They were sent here to find her. He does say, uh, I've seen you fight once or twice. He says, I saw you on horse Jamie Lannister at Lannisport and at Pike as well. I know, but why would Jorah be like, he's like, how do you fucking know me? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Like, you're looking for this blonde girl. She's going to be with a knight named Jorah over there. Like, yeah, we, we skimmed over and they're like, uh, we apologize if we scared you. We were expecting someone more regal or more. Mm-hmm. And he, she finishes regal for him, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I don't know if we knew this. He unhorsed Jamie Lannister. At a, I mean, I, th- I feel like we knew no, he was no, at no, a tourney. No, no, no. He near unhorsed the Kingslayer. Oh, near unhorsed. Huh. I don't have, I got to update my notes. I had him unhorsed. Yeah, well, you near unhorsed. Yep. You don't read well. <laughs> I don't read good. I mean, still. Jamie's badass, like top tier, top tier knight. Somebody else has already beaten him. We've heard of him getting beat before. Loris, right? I'm just saying, Jorah's Jor got some, that's like a good uh Jorah's no your... slouch. We know Jorah's yeah. no slouch. All right. So she's like, basically, Illyra wants her and her dragons because the realm is bleeding. The usurper Robert is dead. Let's get the fuck back to Pentos. We got work to do. There's four kings and you need to come in and... Yep. Wipe up the mess. Now's your time, pretty much. Like, time to answer the call. I mean, it, he's got a point, though. Like, this is a good, as good a time as any to fight for power, right? There's already a massive struggle going on. You slide in. Can you have an opportunity while the, the forces are split rather than united, right? Yeah. Yeah, but like Danny then says, I have three dragons and a hundred in my Kalasar. And like, 
I mean, she doesn't have enough people. I agree. I'm not saying that, <laughs> but this is Westeros right now. Well, well, hold on. I think it's more so like, hey, you can't just take me and me and these three. Like, oh, I got a hundred oh, other gotcha. people and yeah. horses, and they're like, oh, don't worry, we have three ships for you. It's perfect. Sure, that's what they're saying here. I was just pointing out to the whole like, yeah, now we can go win the day. I'm still like, hold yeah. on, there's some things that have to happen first. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they have three ships. Saludion, Summer Sun, and Joso's Prank. But they don't keep those names very long. Three ships. <laughs> Perfect. I'll rename Gotta them. make them the three-headed dragon, baby. Gotta fulfill this prophecy. We were talking during the Blackwater about how there were ships that were named like Piety and Devotion and stuff like that, even though Stannis is like very anti- Faith yeah. of the Seven now because he had taken these ships from a, a pious dude. And there were already Targaryen ship names too. That I mean, Saludia, Summer Sun, and Joseph's Prank aren't. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're saying, yeah, Robert, yeah, yeah, in the Blackwater, there's there's yeah. Targaryen, yeah, ship names. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, and we're like, why didn't they change these? And the conclusion we came to, it didn't say it anywhere, but it's like, oh, it's just bad sailor. It's definitely a bad omen. Yeah. And here we go. Danny's ch- changing them. I mean, maybe not bad omen. Omen's the wrong word. Superstition. Yeah. So she renames them to Vagar, Meraxes, and Balerion. Which I'm assuming are dragons, right? It was the name of the dragons from the conquest. Paint the names of, on their hulls in golden letters three feet high, Arston. I want every man who sees them to know the dragons are returned. So yeah, so these are the, dun, the dun, three dun. heads of the original dragon. We're back, baby. But she's doing some dumb stuff too, though. It's kind of a show of power, obviously, but at the same time, you're painting a big target on yourself because these dragons aren't quite big enough yet, right? Like, and she's only got a hundred people, like we said. Yeah, and they're they're not sailors. Two now. <laughs> yeah, there are 102 people that are – 100 of them are afraid of the sea or 97 <laughs> yeah. of them, whatever, are afraid of where they're about to be. Yeah, exactly. You're broadcasting like the dragons are returned. That's, that shit has to be getting out. Target here. Yeah. <laughs> and you were just afraid these guys were following you, like trying yeah, to kill you. I know. And now you're yeah, going to paint a target on your boat. Yeah. It's just these kind of strange plays, I guess. It's so badass though. Kind of badass. She's a little girl. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was cool. I thought they were cool names. She's all geeked up. Yeah, I don't. I didn't hate it. I'm just saying. I guess I was just analyzing the play. That was all. I understand. Could be better. And now we got two new cats with Danny, and one of them's awesome. At least one of them's awesome. Maybe Austin's awesome too. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be like he's got a big staff. I feel like it can't just be as simple as that, right? Like the, a dude with a walking stick. He's a squire. Well, Jorah does give the walking stick some clout here. Not an awful. Yeah, weapon. he did say I can crack a skull just like anything else, but yeah. still. I don't know. It's a weird weapon. Why a stick when you can have anything you want? What's, what's, what does Gandalf say when he goes in to see uh, Theoden? You'd part an old man from his walking stick, would you? That's true. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is a good uh, weapon if you need to get through a metal detector, you're right. Maybe it's a magic staff. He does yeah, have a long way That's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know. We'll find out. Or he could be a monk, back to the D&D stuff here, and have like super speed, beat the shit out of somebody. Monks are all bare hand fighters, right? No, improvised weapons for the most part. Which means like anything you can pick up. Yeah, it's like a not a weapon. Anything that's not actually a weapon. Table legs, staff, broom handle, you know, club. All right. Any other thoughts on this chapter, Kyle? So I don't know where Illyria is right now, I guess is the problem. Unless he's in Pentos at his house. Yeah, he's chilling. He's too fat. He's too fat to be on the move. Yeah, he sent them from there. Yeah. I think, yeah, I know, but we know that he was at King's Landing. For for a hot second in book one, true, that is true. I know. That is so the I mean, last but time I guess what I'm though. saying is that we know he's moving. He's mobile. He is. He can be mobile. As mobile as a as a 
thirty That's stone shit, person right? can be. <laughs> no, it's right across the narrow sea. They're pretty. It's across the narrow sea. Yeah, you're right. But uh, he's fat as fuck. Like how far is even... the narrow sea? It's not the wide. It's narrow. Sea. It's very narrow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, and and some of those ships from King's Landing went all the way over to Pentos, pretty much, and went south. Right, Tyrion sent them that way out and about. Yeah, yeah. So they're way closer than I thought. I guess is is part of this. Essos and Westeros, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I guess the the play here is to try and get back to to Pentos, but I I think the real issue she's going to have is is convincing all these people to get on these boats, right? Like, I mean, we've talked about this. I just said it not too long ago. They they have no interest in in the sea. Yeah, going going to the poison water, but they also know like we followed you, like. I don't know. I guess we'll see how how loyal they I are. I know, but it. I feel like that's still a big ask. Like they also, if, like if think about like if they the they're like, no, we're not going to do it. And Danny's like, okay, cool. Then you're on your own. Then they're fucked because they're not going to be allowed to stay. I mean, in they're car. in a city though. They're not fucked. Dothraki are going to be allowed to stay here. I think they're getting booted out. Maybe some of them and dead in the red waste. I think if she's gone, I don't think they're all gone. You're right because there's the we found out that there's this like poor area and there's like this like docks. They could just like chill in these docks as like homeless people for a while at least, get on their feet, <laughs> pull themselves up by their bootstraps. <laughs> yeah, there's a, the the Carthine dream. <laughs> yeah, working a whorehouse for a little bit, no big deal. <laughs> so anyway, like they can't they can't walk back across the desert. That can't be the play. So I think they have to get on these boats, right? Like that's that's my my logic at least. I also, like I said, think that they're kind of painting a target on themselves. Think they're gonna run into some people in the ocean because these are only two dudes. How do they have three ships between two dudes? Is the other question. Well, there's people on the on the boats, but like Belwas is like the guy, and he brought his fire with him. Okay. He but, but which is surprising. Belwas is your envoy, but. <laughs> I know that's why I'm having a hard time. Who <laughs> shows up, picks a fight with Danny's blood riders, and just like talks about how badass he is. I love it. I mean, I think they got to stop and gather more Dothraki. I think she's got to take over some Dothrakis. You think she's ready for that? She does have a bone to pick with a few Dothrakis. I think she's got to. She's got a fire breathing something to help yeah, her. You can't. You can't build a force without doing a little bit of this, right? Like they're all. Everybody else is pretty much already in a group. Some people are for sale. Well, I don't know what that means. You're saying like I haven't heard of like you know like a single Dothraki family living in the fucking middle of the Dothraki Sea or something by themselves that you can go recruit to be part of your your group. They're all already under another warlord or whatever you want to call them. Khalid cow. Yeah, so you yeah. gotta go fuck up a cow to win their Kalasar, Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. You, you gotta you gotta get by taking. It's kind of paying the the what is it? The blood price. The iron price. Iron price. The iron price. All right, so heading west, picking up cats on the way. That's what they got to do. That's what you call Got to be done. Makes sense. Got to do what you got to do. All right. All right. That's all I got. Well, we'll Alrighty. see Kyle in the next one uh, for Aria 10. Whoa. Yeah, we got wow. another Aria, baby. Back to Harrenhal. It's been a while since we've been there. We'll see the rest of you guys on the spoiler section. All right, later, Thanks nerds. Give us a like, subscribe. Bye-bye. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Bye, Kyle. See you on the next one. Thanks for hanging out. Now on the sports section for Danny Five. Jeff, any hot takes? Actually, I do have some shit. Let's uh, let's start with this one because 
I'm sure there's something to talk about. It's just kind of cool of where we're at in House of the Dragon and all this Aegon stuff and the prince that was promised and his, his song is Ice and Fire. So it's it's so funny that every Targaryen, their first son, is named Aegon because he's the prince's promised. Probably the prince, and if we, if we think that the show... Right, so the king tells his heir about this dagger yeah. that has the song inlaid in it. Yep. So now every son is the heir, and he maybe he's not named Aegon, <laughs> right? So, like, Rhaegar gets the prophecy from Ares, and he's like, well, fuck, my son's going to be the prince now. Like, I got to name him Aegon. Yeah, so, like, I was trying to, like, get Kyle to get up to kind of see that that's what Rhaegar was doing. I don't know if I – I didn't, I, I, definitely, I don't think I gave him too much, but he definitely didn't pick up on that, and I feel like it was kind of clear in the chapter, right? Danny's saying, like, yeah, he had a son, Aegon, and he had a daughter, Rhaenys, right? Yeah. And he's like, but there was no Visenya. Like, they, they say that there was right, – like. I think I have a quote. They say that there was no Visenya, which kind of implies that Rhaegar was trying to do the same thing, like have children with the Mm -hmm. same names of Aegon. And again, I don't know if Kyle picked up on that. And that's what he was like. I have a lot of questions. And I was like, well, I think I can answer some if you're like, who's who? Like, if it was just like, are these guys sisters or brothers? Like, I can give you that. And then maybe you can piece this together. Uh, But I don't think he was picking up on that. The other, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think he just picked up on the fact that there's a lot of Aegon Targaryens, more so that they just wanted to name it after the Conqueror than it meant something to do with the prophecy. Yeah, and the kind of thing that I was going to say to you that was House of the Dragon related, we'll, and we'll get back right after this to the the thing that you're saying is that Danny is when he says when Jorah says Aegon the Conqueror was uh, and his sisters were the three heads. Danny recalled it was Visenya and Rhaenys, and then says that she thinks to herself that she is descending. From Aegon and Rhaenys, mm-hmm. right through their son Aenys the first, and their mm-hmm. grandson King Jaehaerys the first. Right. King Jaehaerys the first is that old ass king in the very in the first scene of House of the Dragon. Right, right, right. right. So Danny's, I, I, I picked up on all this as we were reading. I'm just saying, I, like pointed out to this well, yeah, yeah, who, yeah, who didn't? Like this is again. Now, like, saying like this is it feels like perfect timing with House of the Dragon. But I think it's it feels like perfect timing because I bet you George sprinkles this stuff in and every future, especially from here on out. Like George has a lot of the history figured out, I think, by this point when, he, when he's writing like the Cla- end of Clash of Kings, Storm of Swords. So now, like I've been listening to some sort of Storm of Swords on audiobook. George is sprinkling. It, you'll be like picking up. And I'm afraid that you might get you might get some stuff spoiled for you on House of the Dragon. I mean, it's just inevitable. Like I, I'm seeing You see shit all the Luckily, we're going through this very slowly, but we are going to be like, we're going to be, we'll be halfway through Storm of Swords in two years, and that's when the next one gets coming well, out. Who knows? Let me just spoil, spoil, spoiler. I know Renera dies. It's, it's, it's 150 years ago. They all die. Di- maybe she doesn't lose, but she dies in this thing. They, the thing is, they all die. Maybe you think more is spoiled for you than, than is. You know how she dies. That's what's spoiled for you, but I can tell there's a lot of surprises for you along the way. Well, good. I hope I am because I'm mad that Joffrey ruined it. That this is con- we're completely off topic. This, this should be in a House of the Dragon podcast, but those are we're normally trying to get through those because it's eleven o'clock at night. I want to pat myself on the back. You had said something like earlier, like, "Oh, I saw this thing. I thought this weird TikTok about Harwin and Rhaenyra," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, people think that like they'd be like a good." I played it off, and I didn't spoil it. I was just waiting. I was waiting for it. There was fan art. Why would there be fan art if it wasn't a thing? But I didn't spoil it, and at least in the last 
episode that we recorded, what's on record is you're like, now it makes sense. You had, in the episode, you had said, now it makes sense as if like sure. you didn't expect it back then. So I'm going to put myself on the back for not spoiling that. There was two, probably- th- two, trains of, two trains of thought was that they're actually – well, like two episodes ago, it was like, wow, she's going to marry this guy. Like, that doesn't make sense. Where does Harwin fit in on this? And then is it just like fiction? Like maybe in the story, like Harwin really liked her and she kind of liked him, but she had to do this thing. So they never actually got together. Yeah. But it was a possibility. So people just like ran with it and made fan art. I think anything that people had, any fan art of those two together pre-episode six was all people who had read Fire and Blood and were spoiling you, right? Like, they might have been trying to be like, oh, this isn't a spoiler. Wouldn't it be so cool if these two were together? They right. read Fire and well, fucking Blood. Nobody... There was, like, two half-second like two half second scenes of Harwin total. I'm saying the fan art could have been people that had did fan art just from reading Fire and Blood. It didn't might not have had to be... I know. I'm just saying, like, in general, I get pissed because I've seen, I've seen non-spoiler like reviews or breakdowns of the episode where it's like, Oh, and then like, like of episode five, right. And it's like, Oh, and then we see Harwin and Rhaenyra are dancing here. What could that mean for the next episode? Moving on. And I'm like, well, most people would never realize like what that is. Yeah. And like the fact I that mean, you why pointed can't that they just, out. Yeah. Why can't they just dance? Like, or- yeah, exactly. Like I feel like some people lean into some of that shit where, I don't sure. know. I'm, I'm experienced at this point, 150 episodes yeah. of fucking taking spoilers off the shoulder, but. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, so let's just get on to the Fagon of it all. Is it like <laughs> so we we didn't mention this in the podcast. We were kind of skipping around stuff. We didn't mention this in the, in the not spoiler. The Mummer's Dragon, I think, is a big thing here because, like, what we're saying, right. there's a part where Danny uh, is like talking about like, all the House of the Undying stuff, and Jorah says, "A dead man in the prow of a ship, a blue rose, a banquet of blood." What does any of it mean, Khaleesi? A Mummer's Dragon, you said. What is a Mummer's Dragon, pray? And she says is a dragon on poles that mummers use to give hero something to fight. And then Jorah immediately goes to the Song of Ice and Fire and then talking about Aegon. Mm-hmm. So like the, it literally goes from mummers dragon to the Aegon talk. It's Fagon. He's fake. Aegon's dead. What, like the big theory of like what does the mummers dragon mean is that the Aegon we know is, is fake. And here mm-hmm. in this chapter, we literally get to talk of the mummers dragon transitions into the Rhaegar Aegon talk. Mm-hmm. Which like they're back to back, right? I know Aegon is Jon Snow. I think it's cooler if Aegon is the real Aegon. He was never in Varys. Did do a baby swap. I think that's way cooler. But uh, I think it makes way more sense that he's Fagon. And again, the reason I think I feel like the only reason I think it's cooler he also is because burned. at this point it's the minority uh, opinion. You know what I mean? Like most people think Fagon is real. Is like most people think Aegon is fake. So I think that is the reason I, I'm just like an anti – I'm like a hipster. I'm like a Game of Thrones hipster. I'm not going to be mad if Aegon is actually Aegon. Now I'm just really curious of where the Dane of it comes in and John's storyline. Where does it all fit? So my this is totally off topic. Our buddy Ace is reading Game of Thrones again. House of Blood has got him all fire – House of the Dragons House got him all excited. And he had left off like in the middle of Storm of Swords. I don't know how you get bored in the middle of Storm of Swords. But he texted me and he's like, dude, the chapter that I started back up with with Sword of Swords is a is a bombshell. And I'm like, what? And he's like, Arya's talking to Edric Dane. She's like with like the Brotherhood Without Banners. And she's talking mm-hmm. to one of the Dane boys who's named after Ned. And he's talking about like, oh, me and Jon Snow had the same wet nurse. And like talking about like 
basically John was a baby in Dorne, which is the first we ever hear of that, which, mm-hmm. which really tends to be like, okay, who's John's mom? Well, as a baby, he's in Dorne. So his mom's probably around Dorne. And then we hear Ned, Liana, bed of blood. That's where a lot of this theory comes from, right? Like the whole R plus L equals J. I'm going to, I'm going to say if you, if there's two chapters that kind of make that theory, it's the one that our buddy just read and the Ned dream in, in game of Thrones, where he's like Liana mm-hmm. bed of blood. So I know my sister died in a bed of blood in Dorne. And then mm-hmm. Jon Snow had a wet nurse in Dorne. It implies like, Liana had a baby. Where's that baby is the thought from Game of Thrones if you're really thinking about it. Why was the Dane kid in? Why was Edric Dane in Dorne too? Well, he Starfall's in Dorne. That's where House Dane is. Oh, really? I yeah. thought it was... Uh, it's, an isle- it was it's an island off the, the coast of Dorne, but I think it, it's a definitely a Dornish house. Like They're sworn to the Martells. Oh, gotcha. sure. So that, that's like... And Ned, after the Tower of Joy thing, he takes Arthur Dane's sword back to Starfall and then that's and when Ashara Dane apparently loses her baby and kills herself. Right. Like a lot of weird stuff's going on around this time. And yeah, like the only person that we ever kind of talked to about it is Edric Dane. Like, Who totally a baby and doesn't yeah. know shit. So yeah, totally off topic. Uh, <laughs> right. well, what are we doing? The Mummer's Dragon. Yeah. So well, I'll go to a short one. The ships. One of the reasons I want to go through the ships. One of these ships shows up later. Uh, maybe more. One that caught, that I remembered. Uh, I'm sure they're the ones that capture Tyrion and the other no. one. Slow, the slow-eyed maid, which I think here it just says is too small. Uh, but what happens is when Davos in Dance of Dragons, it's like Clash of Kings and Dance of Dragons. This ship isn't mentioned for literally 2,000 pages and it shows up again. Davos is in the Three Sisters, which is like these like little islands kind of in the right. north near White Harbor. And they say that a lot of times they have like these these big jagged rock spires and they put fake lights on them to make uh, ships to have think, people crash into them. And they just steal all their shit. And I think it's implied that that's what happens to the slow-eyed maid there. Um, maybe not because they get news about the dragons from the slow-eyed maid as well. So maybe they actually did go into port and then on the way out they did that to them or something like that. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. They – the slow-eyed maid was definitely in in the, the three sisters where Davos was, and they get like news of he hears of like dragons, I think, and he hears, I think that the ship basically wrecked and they stole all their shit. Uh, but I'm but I'm not 100 on that gotcha. part. Okay, I definitely want to pick picked up on that. All right, let's talk about uh, glass candles. Glass candles. Kyle asked what it was. I I did he even ask what it was. I brought it up. He said light bulbs. He said his glass candles a light bulb. I I've, I've and we skimmed over it, but I have thought like if I wonder if glass candle is like an iPhone because we, what we know of glass candles is like what lets you give like talk to people over long distances. It's more dream related, so I don't think it's an iPhone. But like when I was on the whole like could this be sci-fi? Then what is the glass candle? I was kind of thinking what Kyle is, where it's like, how do you light these glass candles? All of a sudden, like electricity's maybe they do have like an artifact of like light bulbs and electricity. Are you thinking that working. this is a fucking your other book? That's uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, that's a different book series that kind of has okay. stuff like that. Uh, and just like the magic, is the magic actually getting stronger? So I think or? this is this is at least we've heard it twice. I, I mentioned the other one. Uh, okay, he says half a year. She says, half a year gone. This might have been a spoiler for Kyle that I dropped on him. He'll never notice it, though. What Quay says is, half a year gone, that man could scarcely wake fire from dragon glass. 
So we don't know that a glass candle is dragon glass, but it's kind of like assumed in the fandom that a dragon. Oh, I didn't know like glass candles were dragon glass. A glass candle is just like obsidian. I think Sam says that when he. I think it's known. I think we know that. I think Sam basically when he gets to the citadel, yeah. it's like a it big make spire. Sense. It's a basically a, a, a tall, like four foot, yeah, long, basically dragon glass dagger is kind of what it is. Yeah, but sense. also. I think we've also heard of this, and I was looking it up. Doesn't Lewin say something to Bran about him having to when he earns his Valyrian still link? I don't know. He has to. He definitely has already done. He's he says this at some point that like when he to earn your Valyrian steel link, you have to basically go into a room overnight, and I think and try and light a glass candle. I know that's true, and I don't know how I would know that's true if it wasn't for Lewin telling Bran when he tells him about his Valyrian steel link. Um, so I think this is like the third time we've heard about glass candles. Maybe this is actually the first time it's actually called a glass candle, though. I could have sworn, though, that, that Lewin said it to Brad, but I'm not wrong. So, but yeah, glass candles, definitely cool. Joris has to go further east. Is he scheming her? There's not much further east. We Pretty much a shy is all we got further east. What's so, his play there? It's It's because he know. knows that it's a globe and it's just quicker there. He can go right to the, they can go right to the Iron Islands because it's a flat. Is it a flatland or is it a globe? What's what's east of Essos? Westeros. Westeros. Those people, some people might disagree, but there might be something. Maybe there's something in the middle that we don't know about. But all right. So, well, I think that so one thing is Kyle didn't pick up on Barristan, and I think he's going Not to before the reveal happens because he gets super suspicious. Yeah, there was a couple of huge hints. He's. I think he's suspicious in this chapter. Uh, yeah, I thought. I mean, one. He knows Jorah so, is super weird. He knows Jorah, right? And he, and he saw him fight. Like, There's plenty of reasons he knows Jorah. Like, Illyrio told him. But then when I said, but I was like, wait, but he says he saw Jorah fight. And he, it, Kyle didn't. He didn't say anything about that. Like, like the, up, yeah. the Illyrio of it didn't, like, sure, maybe he would have said, like, oh. That explains sure. some of it. That's a good thought by Kyle. It's but, not a bad thought, for, especially for someone who's not picking, not thinking of anything weird. Yeah. Um, the weirdest thing, and you actually mentioned this, I think. Was that, and maybe it was a question. You can't sell Barristan without Arston? No, not at all. <laughs> the thing was, and this might be House of Dragony, was that uh, he was speaking Valyrian. Yeah, this is kind of like a problem I have with House of House of the Dragon. Like, this sets the precedent that Kingsguard and the Council of, like, like what well, again, I don't know anything about history, so correct me if I'm wrong, leave comments, tell us in the Discord. But my understanding is, like, I think like in like the royal court in England, like the royals spoke French as like a way to be like, we're better than like the, the commoners who don't. It's like a thing where like rich people just spend time on stuff, like just like do stuff that just like shows that they're wasting time. Right. Like in a, in a current culture, tan people are like more attractive because it kind of shows that you have time to do leisure activities. You have time to like go spend time in the sun and, and go to the beach and stuff like that. Like in, I think in psychology, that's why people find tan people more attractive nowadays. Where in the past, being tan was less attractive because that meant, that meant you, you were out in the sun working. Exactly. So like, I think it's one of those things. Okay. Uh, whatever. Uh, so the weird. So is there a difference between high Valyrian and just common Valyrian? Has to be right because that's a good question. I don't know. I thought that the the only language I know is High Valyrian. Like if you're trying to learn it online, you can learn High yeah. Valyrian. I don't think you can learn Common. <laughs> so I asked that because I saw a uh, uh, interview with Millie, and she's like, "Oh, we speak High Valyrian," and not saying like that there is a low Valyrian, but if there is a High Valyrian, your my assumption is that there's a like 
yeah. commoner's tongue of Valyrian, which is still being spoken Essos here. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, too. Like, maybe High Valyrian is the language. You're saying High Valyrian would be the language they speak in, like, the Valyrian court, and Low Valyrian is the language that everybody else like, speaks. Like, yeah, which, I don't know. Whatever. But, so, what I'm saying is, theoretically, if, if George modeled this after England medieval history, which it seems like he fucking did, everything else is pretty much mm-hmm. the exact same, then maybe, it seems like, at least in the books, Valyrian was, like, the court language that the people who were in court all the time were expected to know if for no other reason than just to be if if somebody else was in the room to be like we're better than you we have time to learn this extra language that you don't have time to learn maybe i'm maybe that's not the right way maybe, to think about I don't it, know. that's kind of how i think about it but i i don't mind what they did in house of the dragon because it gives like certain characters like a secret language when really everyone in the show would know that language Let's just talk about what it really means for Barrison is that he is a Westerosi squire knight type of thing, which who knows Valerian? Like, why would he know Valerian? Because he's hung around Targaryens, the only family that speak Valerian. That's a great point. So if like, you're saying like what Kyle, potentially what Kyle could be putting could together. Have, like, why what, would a Westerosi knight not know Valerian? Like those two things don't go together, period. Right. Right. What, I, what I'm going to propose to you is like how – you because you probably never thought about this before, but like going forward, is there a time where people are speaking Valyrian that is like impactful for the story that now that Barrison knows what's going on is like kind of interesting? And I'm going to feed it to you if you don't get it. But Danny's next stop, right? Where does Danny go next? So I actually don't remember. I'm curious of why they don't get the Pentos. Like what – do they, they stop to get soldiers like Jorah convinces her to go by the Unsullied. The Unsullied. Exactly. So but when they she, get there, there's she has this whole thing, just like in the show, where the guy's speaking Valyrian and Missandei right. is translating, and, and she's pretending she doesn't she's speak. understanding, and what and Barristan's understanding too, as well. But he, she makes note that he's like tapping his staff, like, like he, like when he says something like, "Oh, we make them slaughter babies," like Barristan like starts tapping his staff because like. He's pissed off and like he's he, angry, he, and he can't. But that's how he controls his anger. It's like a little, it's yeah. Like a little that's curious. I definitely did not pick up on that the first time I read it. But it's interesting that like Barristan understands like the Valyrian, so he's like, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. I, I think it's just cool. And I thought when I read it, I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense because there's a huge point in House of Dragon that they're the only ones. If Barristan knows it, and he yeah. was like at the dying of the Targaryens, everyone would fucking know it back in these days. Uh. Yeah, I mean, maybe he just took a little bit more like into it, but you don't think maesters have like maesters are out there studying it and whatnot for like a uh, some kind of ring or something like that. I don't know. Oh, for sure, like, some link. Yeah, but I doubt there's many people in Westeros who speak Valyrian, like you're saying. The Belwas of the character is weird. Like, why Belwas? That's the other, that's the other thing, and I kind of pointed out to Kyle. I was like, he's a horrible envoy. Clearly. What's happening here is Illyrio is sending Barristan to Danny. It's like mm-hmm. the reverse. Like Belwas is Barristan Squire, basically. Right. And and I get like the for the protection of like your identity, you're pretending to be a squire. But Belwas, like where the fuck was Belwas? Doing that find it's a out. Horrible co- it's a horrible cover. But again, I think it's a horrible cover on purpose so that the reader has a chance to be like, what the fuck? Why, like, why, why is this would going Illyrio on? send this big idiot? And then, and then, like over time, you're like, "Why is this big idiot in charge?" When Arson Whitebeard is telling stories about like having hung out with Rhaegar, mm-hmm. like, like in the next chapter, I think in like the first chapter of Storm of Swords, 
Barrison like tells a story about like being with Rhaegar. Yeah. If Kyle doesn't pick up on like what the fuck is going on with this dude. Yeah. Then he's not something. Something's like, wrong. The, we need to find a new. And it's funny because Kyle did was like, "Where is Barrison?" Like he said that recently. Yeah, so. he said that recently. Yeah. Last thing I had, you probably don't remember this: the ships that she renames to the dragons. One of them is called Jogo's Prank, and I'm pretty sure when she gets to ask the poor. Maybe not Aspor, it might be one of the other cities, either like Marine or Yunkai. At one point, they need like siege engines or like a battering ram. Mm-hmm. And they take apart the ships to turn them into like siege engines because there's no wood around because it's like basically in the middle of the desert. So they take about the ships, turn them into like a battering ram, and they end up turning Jozo's prank, the ship that was Jozo's prank, which I think it's renamed to uh, Maraxes, they end up turning that ship into a battering ram. And because it used to be called Jogo's Prank, now they call it Jogo's Cock, I think, because they're like ramming it and <laughs> like ramming it into the game. I, oh I, get it. I don't I haven't read these recently, but I'm pretty sure there's a battering ram at some point named Jogo's Cock. And I and, and it all stems at this from point here. it's starting to click together. Yeah, there's a boat. I know the battering ram was made out of a boat. Here there's a boat named Jogo's Prank. So I'm assuming that's an assumption by me that I haven't checked up on, but uh, yeah, so these I think these boats do, and it kind of maybe you can tell me. I think that's from I think it's actually from history. Your history guy, my my high school football coach. We got to we were we're at this fucking away game. It was like an hour and a half bus ride. Everybody was like asleep. It was one of those things where like he told you to, he told you to burn the ships. He said to burn the ships exactly. There was like this army and him and every times. other him and every other football coach in in the history. Has but that, told that's story. the Danny, right? That's what they do with these ships. They burn the ships. They're like we're turning them into battering rams. We're yeah. not leaving. We're winning this war or else. That's kind of what Danny does. They don't burn sure. them, but they it's convert like, them. I think the story you're talking about is like they either they go home or they burn. They either go home because they're going to freeze to death or they burn the ships for fire and continue to fight. So I think the story my coach told me was like the army showed up on the shores of bat. Like they're ready for battle. And like as soon as all the army got off the boat, they just the commanders burned the ships and like we're not fucking going home. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure the only way we're going home is if we win this battle and take their ships. I'm sure there's like been that. a lot of yeah. And who knows if my coach was being historically accurate? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure it's been construed. The one I've heard is like they could either they were gonna freeze if they didn't start a fire. They had no wood, so it was like we can either burn the ships or go home. Like you can either go home or commit to this. Yeah. This endeavor. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Uh. The jeweler, the jeweler with the deal, uh, was that actually a pirate pre-assassin, or do you think someone else is sending assassins now too? So the thing is, like a sorrowful man, who would send a sorrowful man to kill Danny? The only person I can think of is Pyatt. Yeah, I think that I think the Zorro? sorrowful men are like the I think the sorrowful men are like the faceless men. They're like the the knockoff brand faceless men, especially mm-hmm. in like this when you're this far east, like you can't get to Bravos and back in time. So fuck, I'll pay the the assassin clan of this city. So my guess is it was Pyatt Pre trying to kill Danny, but like to your point, like this is the second time someone's trying Not to assassin. Zaro. I don't think Zaro because Zaro comes back. The dragons are dragons are guarded by one guy right now. Well, this is also something that happened. That's a good point, but this is something that happens in the sh- in the books, not the show. Zaro comes back later, but I guess that doesn't mean that he can't be trying to do this now. That makes a ton of sense. I never thought about that. 
Uh, Zaro almost makes more sense than Pyatt because, like you're saying, it, it, what you're claiming is Zaro sent the Sorrowful Man so that Danny would die. Then all he has to do is kill Ago, who's the only person left guarding the dragons, and now he has three dragons. The reason I didn't think about, I mean, I'm, the reason I'm going to say that I didn't think about this is because in my mind, Zaro shows back up. He shows up Marine at least once, if not twice. Yeah. Uh, and in the books, he, in the show, he definitely doesn't because the the show is completely different away. here. He's locked away with with Jiqui or uh, Daria, the white girl. Yeah, Daria, I think. Yeah, the the fake can't made. Uh, yeah, that's all yeah. I, I was just curious of like if you had theories on. I mean, it, I think the obvious one is Piat. I was just wondering if like Zara or the thirteen or just anybody else wanted to kill her. I actually have heard one theory that I wanted to bring up here was that um, not about not about who sent this. I've always just assumed it was Pyatt because she pissed him off there in the city. If Pyatt wanted to get back at her, it's a good like Saruman is a good sorrowful man would be a good choice. Um, but there's theories that Barrison's going to switch sides to support Aegon because he's going to believe he's the real Aegon and he's going to be like, fuck, I served Ares and Rhaegar. So it's my duty to. Don't you think doesn't Illyrio know about Aegon though? Like, true. Uh, wouldn't he have given him that knowledge? Like, hey. Well, maybe when the time comes, he pokes him. Maybe he, maybe Illyrio is the one that's like, hey, he's actually the one you should be serving. That's a, that's a really good point. But I feel like at, for some reason the books at this point, either a George hadn't. If I'm saying George hadn't thought of Aegon, then what I'm saying doesn't make sense because I'm saying he's thought of Aegon by now, but. It's like why is it kind of doesn't make sense why why Illyrio ever supports Danny right if if Aegon is always the plan unless he supports the mares of the two I mean but but him marrying Drogo is not him marrying Danny to Drogo is not yeah that doesn't that doesn't that. help that uh, maybe it's just like get Drogo on our side start a war kill Drogo yeah it kind of doesn't make sense. Who knows? I don't know. It, it, it's it's go- the Illyrio of it is goofy because he might have just told like, "Hey, Barrison, like, go find Danny," and like he could have kept Aegon a secret because he's kept it a secret kind of for now. But yeah, one of the uh, but one of the reasons that people think that Barrison is going to switch sides is because there's a kind of a big Barristan parallel with another Kingsguard we know from history who switches sides. Kristen Cole. Christian Cole. And there's some things – there's some of the parallels I can't tell you because we don't know yet, but a few of them are they're both from the Dornish Marches, right? Like mm-hmm. Swan is in the Dornish Marches, Cole's in the Dornish – like he's from the Dornish mm-hmm. March. They're both in the same area. And they're both joined the Kingsguard at 23. And potentially they both switch sides. There's there's at least two Fuck other Christian parallels Cole. that I can't tell you about them because they haven't happened – it hasn't happened yet in House of the Dragon. So I'll leave it, leave it there. All right. Let but, me know when they come up. But there's some thoughts that – you know what I mean? Yeah. That that that's like people some when you look up the if you were to turn cloak turn cloak joins Aegon theory a lot of the evidence would be oh he's he's parallel to Christian who does the same thing who's a turn cloak I guess the idea the the whole the thing is that everyone knows Christian switches sides because of like he got spurned and Mm -hmm. no one assumes Barrison got spurned by Danny like he's not trying to fuck Danny yeah yeah he's an old man all right I'm good. Yep, I'm good as well. 
right. Bye, guys. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Give us a like. Give us a subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a review. We haven't said that in a while. That Those help. If you're in the Discord, you're you're a real one. You're a real so one, join for the, sure. Join the Discord. The thing is, I don't know if you guys have noticed, we don't uh, we don't give shout-outs to Discord in the House of the Dragon episodes. We do that on purpose because we don't want those... There's... Those get so many fucking views from the fake fans. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? We need the real ones. The re- if you're listening to this, you're a real one. Join the Discord. <laughs> we'll Bye. see you guys in the next one for Aria 10. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.